Hey, Danny. Hey. Oh, wow. Another high. <laughs> I just go with the high. By the way, I feel like with that one, I immediately noticed my voice was going to crack. So I had to like get it out as quickly as possible. Perfect. I don't even think I said the D in your name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Annie. <laughs> Honestly, I'm fine with Annie. Yeah, Annie's a good name. Little Orphan Annie. That's yeah. me. That's what they used to call me. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, Star Wars had just come out there as Annie. You know, he wasn't That's an orphan, but true. You know. I love that. I love that they call Anakin Annie. Yeah, it's cute. That's sweet. It's cuter when you know he grows up and then they they get together when she's calling him Annie when he was like nine. You know, yeah. whatever, whatever. How um, often does that happen? Like, are cougars really breeding that young? She's not really a cougar. She was like what four years older than him. <laughs> That's true. I yeah, very, it wasn't. I have a loose definition of cougar. Obviously, <laughs> is she within six months older than me, Cougar? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like how last episode you went on this whole Cougar hunt thing too, and we're <laughs> right back to it almost immediately. We have a few themes on this podcast. One is my love of cougars. That's it. <laughs> that we are discovering very heavily. <laughs> I remember when we first started hanging out, you brought us up once. And I thought, I'm glad that Danny is comfortable talking about his love of cougars. It made me <laughs> like you more. <laughs> like, he had no shame. <laughs> just being like, you know what? I like cougars. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Did I really do that? You didn't do it like that. But <laughs> okay. you went, you went, the Foxfire story you told in the last episode, yeah. you essentially told to me when I think we had hung out twice. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love that I'm revealing this stuff that early in friendships. That's yeah. great. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> And that you didn't run away immediately. No, no, I mean, respect you more. That's good. <laughs> Everybody else in that group for sure walked away, but I was like, this guy's great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like, like, you wanted to go to Fox Bar? I was like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. People who did not listen to that episode will have no idea what we're talking about. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. If anything, it's the forcing of. Hey, you should, maybe you should go listen to the other one. Absolutely. Even if they're like, but I don't want to talk about Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so over that movie. That's so 2006. <laughs> Literally. Oh, um, man. That's great. Anyways. Danny's, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well, my friends. As usual, enjoyed a conversation with you for the last hour or so yes. before we started this. <laughs> that was like that was more all over the place than the podcast is normally. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we really we we broke some records there on on topics per minute for sure, for sure. But uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. I'm chilling, getting ready for the holidays. You know how it is. How are you doing? Same, you know, getting ready for the holidays. Um, yeah, we have a weird one, you know, because the the my sister moved out of out of California this year, so we're trying mm. to figure out how we're all handling Christmas. You know, we're already in pandemic mode Christmas, and like for me, I live pretty close to my parents, so I'm in a uh, I'm in a you know semi quarantine, so that way I can spend Christmas with them, you know, so they're not too lonely. Sure, but uh, yeah, we're can't really go states across and and pull that off so mm. you know it's gonna be something like i guess like facetime christmas stuff going on and and um we're planning on going to visit them next year so there's gonna be like some of that like well we'll save your christmas presents for when you see when we see you you know who knows nice. when <laughs> right so i like that because it's safe but i would do it because i don't want to get people christmas presents are you not a huge christmas present shopper do you not like buying christmas i don't people? like spending money on myself on other people I got on it. basic necessities like 
lighting or water or deodorant or really anything like that. Well, I know what to get you for Christmas now. Deodorant. No, oh, perfect. Thank <laughs> you. I don't mind receiving things from other people. I just don't like giving. That's See, my whole deal. There's a thing where I kind of enjoy gift giving because I feel like I'm a really good gift giver mm. because I'm all in on the random thing. Okay, that's like, nice. I feel like whenever, like, you know, uh, whenever you give somebody a gift for Christmas or, like, their birthday or whatever, yeah, you know, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever's out there, right? Yeah. You get in this thing where you, like, you think about, like, what do they really want or, or, or what do they, like, what do they need, you know? That's usually the criteria. Sure. For me, it's I search all the recesses of my friendship or or whatever with this person, and I try to think of the most random thing about mm. them and get them a present that accentuates that kind of thing, right? That's very nice. So, like, one thing I got from, like, one my roommate uh, when we first moved in together, me and my roommate have been best friends since we were, like, little kids, and we kind of have a rule that we don't really get each other gifts because then you don't want to get in that butt of you ever competing over what the gift is, right? Of course. But for first Christmas, we decided, hey, we all live together. Let's at least do one tiny gift, and we're like, no more than 20 bucks, right? Okay. Tiny gift is for each other. So we uh, were doing something, and I actually got him, you know, again, he, like, I, I don't remember exactly what he got me, because it came late, so we didn't have it on Christmas. It came, like, two weeks later. <laughs> oh, thing. wow. But anyways, what I ended up getting him, and was, again, one of those things, like, where I try to think of the most random thing, my roommate Daniel, his favorite drink in the entire world is chocolate milk. It's the most childish thing in the world. I love it. Daniel drinks a glass of chocolate milk every single day, Okay. Wait, really? It's, like, it's a routine. Yeah, I don't know how he's not fat, first off. That's crazy. Yeah, no, but he drinks chocolate milk every day. There is always two two-gallon jugs of milk in the fridge at all times because of him. I, I'm lactose. I can't even drink it. Like, it's all him, right? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So, chocolate milk every single day. Okay. So, I got him a mug that has a little self-stirring thing in the bottom. You just press a button, and it stirs it for you. Oh, that's amazing. So, he just, you know, like, dude, one last dish for you. You don't even need a spoon. Just pour that milk and syrup in there and just hit the button. <laughs> And it's like one of those things where, like, he doesn't need that. It's not right. like he wants that. But it was one of those things where I'm like, he fucking loves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like. It's random, and I know he's gonna like it. And that was that's how I give gifts. That's that sweet. criteria. Yeah, yeah. That's very nice. Yeah, I like that. So I, like I, en- that a lot. I enjoy having to like think about people like in that way. Like, what's something random? You know, so I enjoy it. That's enjoy. cool. I need I need some practice in that that skill set. But that's uh, yeah, I think that's very sweet. Uh, speaking of gifts. That's it. That's the end of my segue. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> was there a segue in there? Nope. I lost it before I, <laughs> I was finished like, the You're like, oh, where's he going with this? <laughs> yeah, no, nowhere in particular. I was All trying right. to connect it to the movie. That's cool. We, we can't. There's no way you're connecting that one. I don't think that anybody gives a gift in this movie. Um, nope. So, all right, everybody. We watch Mank. 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 The Mank. newest David Fincher movie about Herman J. Mankiewicz. Anyways, yeah, we're going to get into this movie. We're going to talk about it. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie because this is just two friends talking about movies, which means that when you talk with your friends about movies, you just talk about the movie and spoil the whole thing. So if you haven't <laughs> seen it and you don't care about spoilers, keep going. If you do care about spoilers, go let's watch the movie and then come back. Yes. Danny, before we get started, what you drinking, my man? I'm, I'm just uh, I'm keeping it nice and simpy. Simp, I'm simping. You're simping over something? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you simping over? 
<laughs> the list is too long, my friend. Uh, I uh, <laughs> the uh, the drink I'm I'm simping today is uh, just some water. I'm keeping it simp simpy. You're keeping it simpy, okay? okay. Yeah. What are I you drinking? That. I got a little bit of uh, some whiskey right here. Good for you. What you are you know? drinking? What do you, what kind of whiskey is that? Uh, Bishop Rye. Bishop Rye. Mm-hmm. Okay. So no no so, bourbon. This is this is no. Scotch. But yes. You got okay. it. Okay. Not bad. So, yeah, it's nice. I thought I would try it. I've never had Bishop before, basically. thought I would try mm-hmm. it. It's good. It's clean. You know? Yeah. Not the best, not the worst. It's good. Right in the middle. Nice. Um, but cool. Sorry. Water, whiskey. Um, yeah. Let's get into Mank. Mank. The movie about Herman J. Mankiewicz as he's writing uh, what is like praise of the greatest film ever made, Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Citizen Kane, Danny? I've I've not. I You've still need it? to. Okay. I've seen uh, whatever it's called, A Touch of Evil or A Touch of Darkness or whatever the mm-hmm. other that, uh, uh, Orson famous Wells Orson Welles movie. Yeah. I've seen The Stranger, which is another Orson Welles movie. Not as good. Uh, I like Orson Welles. I was going to say, though, in your opinion of your Orson Welles movies, then, yeah. do you go into the thing of he's the greatest director that's ever existed? Probably not. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, and Citizen Kane, while I have seen it, and I do love it. Um, I also don't think is the greatest movie ever made. I understand why yeah. it can be, but, you know, it's one of those things. Either way, it is an amazing movie. Sure. And what I like, Mank, is essentially Herman J. Mankiewicz writing Citizen Kane for yeah. Orson Welles. But that's kind of like the the... The smallest plot point, actually. It, yeah, it really is. It's and it's, but it's told like how Citizen Kane is told. You know, you get, you know, you're getting one part of the story, and then you're getting tons of flashbacks back and forth to mm. portions in Mank's life that inspire Citizen Kane. Okay. Um, which now that I actually think about it, if you haven't seen Citizen Kane, this movie is still fine. But yeah, there is a little uh, loss in translation for certain things. I I'm, think. I, yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure because I think they even bring up the movie like there are some parts where like like he throws uh, whatever Mankiewicz throws uh, something against the wall, and there's some line that he gives that that like indicated to me that that shows up in uh, in the movie. Susan Kane. Yeah, it does. Okay, so yeah, um, so I'm sure. Yeah, there's I'm sure there's stuff like that, and that's fine. Um, but this is a very interesting movie. One, it's shot. Well, it's not shot in black and white, but it is presented in black and white. It was shot in like 8K, and then yeah. this is actually one of my major complaints about the movie. Actually, I yeah. love I love black and white movies. I'm all for it, right? Yep. But this shot movie was shot digitally. It was shot like 8K, and then they they like compressed it and added like digital fake like yeah like war movie real like yeah. burn ins and stuff like that, and and it constantly shows up, and it made me it actually took me out of the movie more than it brought me into it. I agree. Because I kept being like, wow, you guys just keep adding this because you really want to think it's like a 1940s movie? Like, yeah, it's not, it's not working, dude. It's not, I actually got really distracted by it and it kind of annoyed me. Yeah, I agree. I guess we're just getting right into the complaints. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just saying, I was like, it's black and white, but they added shit to it and it was weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely, like, there was this, uh, I remember when I was, uh, I first got an iPhone. And d- did you hear about that movie, um, Searching for Sugar Man? That yeah, documentary, yeah. yeah, I remember. Like they, they uh, publicized that like parts of that movie were shot on some like iPhone app that had like a that like simulated old cameras, 
mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. downloaded that app and I used to film literally everything on that app until I realized like this is fucking corny. <laughs> and that's how I feel like this movie was sh- not I mean the, the crude analogy but I really do feel like this movie was kind of shot in that way of like I know it's supposed to look cool because it's old, but it's like, it's fake. Yeah, I I felt weird about it because like, one of the things that I love about the movie is the fact that it's essentially like a love letter to 1930s and 40s film, right? Uh This is, I mean, and and the brief backstory of the movie is that uh, David David Fincher's dad, uh, Jack Fincher, I had to look up the name. Jack Fincher wrote the movie. Yeah. And he wrote it, Years ago. Um, yeah, like 20 years ago or something. Yeah, plus. And, and he passed away in 2003. And this was supposed to be uh, Dave Fincher's movie right after the game. Um, but then it happened. And it kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And we made it now. So in a way, I feel like this is like a mixture of David Fincher's love for 1930s and 40s film and also his dad's love for 1930s and 40s film, right? And maybe his love for his dad. <sighs> we should make a movie about this. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that sounds like a feel-good documentary. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, so it's like there is a lot of love and like like respect given to mm-hmm. that era of film. And I love that. I think it's great. Sure. But in a way, it almost felt taken away with the added and fake digital look of the burn-in effects and the fuzz and the, the, yeah, the brain and the, the skipping frames and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It just felt too hammered home, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, But, I mean, whatever. It's, it's a minor. And really, it's a minor complaint when you really think about it, you know? Dang. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, not really. It's kind of like a major I mean, it's, I feel like it's pretty major, right? Like, films, uh, the huge thing that makes films good or bad is the way they look. So, if it looks terrible. I mean, I feel like for me, though, I feel like maybe I missed some, but, like, the amount of times they add like those weird effects in is pretty minimal. Uh huh. But it like whenever time I saw it, I was like, oh god, here we go again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Danny, though, overall, uh-huh. away from the the film look, did you enjoy Mink? Did you like Mink? I did, with some qualifications. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. Yeah, I'm, I knew you would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did I did yeah. enjoy it. I I like old cinema. I like uh I like how the yeah, just the fun way to sound more pretentious is to throw out cinema instead of movies. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I like old movies. Uh I like um the acting in it. It's really good. There's a lot of corn, there's a lot of cheese in there. Uh I think ultimately the movie, the scope of the movie should have been way different. And I can explain that more later. But uh-huh. I think it was nice that the movie was made. I, I, I see the credit in that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Patronizing as that might sound, I, I'm glad this movie was made. Okay. okay. What about you? Where, where are you at with this movie? I also liked it with... <laughs> Some <laughs> qualifications. There. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's a good movie. Okay. I admit that it's a good movie. Uh, but it's a hard movie to get through. Yes. I texted you before that it took me two days to watch the movie. Yeah. Because I paused about halfway through going, kind of a break. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And I don't mind the slow pacing. I'm all for the slow pacing. You know, I got none issues against that. I felt like what I kept doing though was I kept having, I kept feeling the need to pause the movie to research something. 
You know, oh really? I'm not super well versed. I mean, I, I I've watched a, I feel like I've watched a good amount of like 30s, 40s movies, but not enough where I felt completely connected to the to the uh, to the world. Mm. And this movie does deal a lot with politics, like politics yes. within the movie studios, and then politics within LA. Um, yes. And I didn't really know anything about either of those things, you know. Yeah. And and so there's a lot of things that are just said extremely like. Like and and it's fine. It's like, but it's 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 lines that are said where the characters know exactly what we're talking about. They know the, they know the backstory to this line. So they're saying something that, as an audience member, if this was the forties, understand what they mean. You know, mm-hmm. you would understand what the ref what they're referencing, who they're talking about in politics and all that kind of stuff. While for me, I'm like, I don't know what this means. You know, and then mm-hmm. I went do anything about it, and then they would continue to talk about it. In another scene, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm lost in these two scenes, and I feel like I missed something. So I have yes. to pause the movie and then look up these people and look up, and look up Wikipedia articles and read like who this person was and how they were connected, and go, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. You yeah, know? absolutely. And 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 I did that so much that in reality, it's it's not a super long movie. It's like two hours and. I don't know, like what, two hours, like 15 minutes, something like that? Yeah, something negligible. But I think in the first hour of watching it, I think I had been there for over two hours. Yeah. Because I kept pausing enough to to research, you know? Yeah, they pack a lot of the history of of, uh, the Upton Sinclair campaign in there, for sure. Yeah. They really pack that in. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I, through just some, you know, lucky and random thing, happened to know a little bit about that campaign, but I could, and, and so, like, a lot of things that they show in the movie, and I could talk about this poorly in a little bit. A lot of things that they show in the movie are like cool little tidbits of, of stuff that I know about the campaign, but they're presented in such a way that, like, if you don't know about the, the whole story, you're sort of looking at the world through, like, uh, you know, cheddar cheese or something. You're seeing, like, little holes of meaning here yeah, and yeah. there. Yeah. But if you know the whole picture, like, I very luckily and randomly happened to. Uh, you, it makes those things make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, the information wasn't presented in a, in a way that's friendly to people who don't know about that stuff. And that I think is, is part of my issue with the movie is like about the scope of it. And that I think the perspective of the movie and the way it was portrayed should have changed slightly, but we could talk more about that later. Okay. No, I get that. Um, I feel like, like for me, like I, in watching it, I, I, I'm kind of glad that I learned a little bit more about history in a way. It was kind of nice. <laughs> but <laughs> there I you go. felt like I, mi- I watched a mix of a documentary and a movie, you know? <laughs> like yeah. Having to read so much. Um, totally. And I don't hate that. But again, like I hit like an hour and I paused and I went, you know what? I need to walk away from this because I, 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 my brain feels heavy. I'm like absorbing too much and I'm not going to appreciate the movie and I'm not going to be able to follow after a little bit. I mean, I'll yeah. pause and walk away and then I am waiting a whole day and I came back and started following up with it from that point and, and I finished it. But again, even that second hour, I was still constantly pausing and looking things up. And, right. Um, it um, really, it makes you wonder what the experience of seeing this movie would be like in a theater. Where you I, don't, where you don't have those do options. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's a good point. Um, but at the same time, though, let's be one hundred percent honest. Yeah, this is not a movie that people would watch. Just like everybody watches, it's not. This easy is a movie sure. where specific people would watch this movie. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that we are the specific people that would. I remember I, when I text you, "Oh yeah, Fincher's new movie's out." Both of us jumped in without even like 
batting an eye, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so I feel like people like us would watch it and I think can appreciate it and understand it. Uh, so I feel like if it was in theaters, I think majority of people would be fine. But then you have some 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 people in there like me who are like, oh, I'm a little lost. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, for sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what's happening. But I, I'm, I'm I'm keeping up with the main plot. I'm just I'm 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 not sure what the world's going on in the world. You right. know, right, 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 right. And uh, yep. so that's like a little complaint. Not a, that's a major complaint that I have. But it's for my personal viewing. You know, right. Um, for you it might be different. For others it might be different. Um, sure, sure. But sure. I think like overall, like I, I, I really love that it was in black and white. You know, oh, the thing I like, I think I love the most. I love the dialogue. The oh, dialogue really? So good at the whole thing. I thought I had problems with it. It okay. seemed I not the worst thing in the world. I mean, there's uh, there's there's some great lines in there. There's definitely like that 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 thirties. Uh, I, I mean, just basically, and not to sound like a weirdo Republican, but like. Generation, like the, the generation that like fought in World War in the World Wars, was the, they were all the descendants of the Victorians, who were v- like a very literate people, and so they spoke with a wit that is completely unmatched, or has gone unmatched for the last I don't know hundred years or something like that since. Uh, so yeah, it's I mean the 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 dialogue is drenched in that wit. However, yeah, because the movie is not actually, I mean, it's emulating that style. It's not actually written by someone from that generation. It sometimes sounds to me more like Sorkin than mm, okay. someone from that era. That makes complete sense. I can actually, I, I, I can see that. And so, I mean, it doesn't mean it's the worst thing in the world, but it's, sometimes it sounds a little pantomime and, and, and just like corny. Um, but other times, and this actually lends to uh, again, kind of like my thing about the scope. Like, I I think I I, I like Mank. Like he's a he seems like a cool character. Yes. I enjoy him. Um, but my problem with the movie sometimes is that it 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 doesn't always. Okay, so here's what the movie's trying to do, and I don't know if it's successful. It's trying to juxtapose uh these two stories in which Mank plays completely different roles. Story number one is the story of the Upton Sinclair campaign. Mm-hmm. And the role that Mank plays in this is basically as like the wry observer. He is the Bugs Bunny who's making, you know, like uh, crackpot comments about the drama, the political drama unfolding around him. Yes. And he's just a witness to it and, and, a, and a brief humorous commentator in, the, in a la, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny or uh, Groucho Marx or whatever like that. So that's story number one. Story number two is the personal beefs that he has as a result of his witnessing the Sinclair campaign, mm-hmm. his personal beefs with uh, the people who were ultimately trying to shut down Sinclair. So, like, you know, the studio heads like Mayer and uh, Thurman uh, and um, whatever his name, uh, of course, Mr. Hurst himself. So I don't know how well the movie does that. I think they should have just kind of done one or the other uh, I don't know, but yeah, and sometimes I'm just like, ah, I don't, I feel like the movie was trying to do way too much and Mank ends up playing very different roles throughout the movie that I don't, I don't know if they tie together super well. I don't mind it too much because to me watching the movie, mm-hmm. I did see it as two different Manks. You know, you see, because when you really put it 
when you really put it into perspective, and you don't really see it to the very end of the movie, is mm-hmm. the mank that we've the the present day mank, basically, you know, uh, the one writing the script. This is the mank post uh, uh, his friend committing suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I forget the, the character's name because um, we probably get it like once or twice. Yeah. Um, but that's the director, the one who's directing all those false films. No, no, he was like he he was in the false film. He wasn't directing it. Oh, remember, really? Remember, it was like that. That um, was it? Maybe I mixed it up in my head. Because wasn't wasn't it that like that guy who was he asked him for money on the street like he was protesting? Mm. Not protesting. He was like he was working for the Epic campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, I thought that was a different dude. I thought the um, one who ended up killing himself was the guy who was. He was like an up and coming. He was a director of it. He was up and coming, and basically his one and only job was to, uh, yeah, basically direct these videos, mm. propagandizing against. You know, what? maybe he did come up to uh, make on the street. I, I think you. I think you are one hundred percent correct. I think I mixed up the two characters in my head. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It, it has been like about a week since I watched the movie, so I think it's a confusing movie too. It is. It is. But either way. The message still stands. Yeah. This is post Mank, his friend killing himself, right? Right. right yeah. Mank already is in this boat of, you know, he didn't want, he, you can tell Mank wanted Sinclair to win. That's like the whole point of like all that stuff, right? He sees how this company he works for basically won this guy, this campaign, how they basically force this person to lose, how he's in disagreement, all that kind of stuff, how much he does not like, uh, what's his name? William Hurst. I can remember Hurst, I can remember William. And to me, it's like you now have this super jaded mank who now gets into an accident where his leg's broken or whatever happened. I don't even say what really happens to his leg. But to me, it's like this jaded, drunk, I'm over it. I don't give a fuck anymore. You know? Yeah. Fuck who I work with. Fuck who I, you know, I, that's how I see the present day mank in comparison to like the Bugs Bunny mank you get in the, in the, in the flashbacks, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I don't mind it. There were times when I, when I did say a couple times where I was like, Dang, what happened to Mank to make him so freaking emo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then in reality, you get to the end, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, that is a lot. That is a lot. And I'm in, I guess, this is, there isn't, there hasn't been much time that has passed from this point to the point of you getting in this accident, you know? So I can see the, the, the emo-ness, <laughs> you know, Set in. coming through in a way, you know? Yeah. So I forgive that a little bit. Okay. I think in the dialogue portion, though, like, and kind of going back to like characters, is that mm. I'm agreeing with you. I think Mank, Mank is surprisingly the best person in Mank. You know? Yeah. Um, he's he's awesome. Gary Oldman is amazing as him, right? I even liked, um, and I'm not going to say the name right, so you know, forgive me, but Amanda Seyfried, 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 Seyfried. Oh, who knows? Yeah. However, you say her last name, she's great. She's yeah, she's wonderful, she's amazing. Lily Collins is really good. You know. Um. I don't. I've never seen the person in anything else than the Ozark. But Tom Pelfrey plays his brother. He's really good. Oh, but you have. Well, actually, his name is Arliss Howard. He plays Lewis Mayer, basically Manx boss. Yeah, I feel like he's the weakest part in the whole movie. And constantly when he shows up, I think his dialogue is really weird. Oh, I really? Ne- I felt like his dialogue felt the most played up for the camera. It felt the most like mm-hmm. I was watching a Broadway something in it. In it. it well, they do, like, the, they do mm-hmm. the classic um, uh, walk and talk thing yeah, that, yeah. that whatever his name is famous for. 
Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they do it with that character. Right. Know? Exactly. And so constantly I feel like that's, that's the dialogue. Like, like oh, one of the worst, and it's not the worst scene, but to me it's like one of the most pretentious, annoying scenes was the first time you see uh, Mank and his wife in the Hearst house. Mm-hmm. And they're talking politics. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, there's something about dialogue that I love where the dialogue has like a beat to it. It's basically music, right? Manx sure. talking to someone, Manx talking to Amanda Seafried, right? And there's like this, there's this back and forth beat to like the, the conversation, right? And it feels good. It, it, it's essentially jazz, right? Yeah. And that scene is trying to push that real hard, right? It's supposed to be like 10 people talking and you're jumping between person A to person B to person C to D, back to Mank, back to D, back to Mank, back to C, back to Mank, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's back and forth and there's this rhythm, but it was so much. And I, and, I don't mind movies where people don't talk like real people. Like Tarantino's sure. characters don't talk like real people. Absolutely. Right? Perfect I, I, and I love that. I think Tarantino is one of the best writers ever. I While agree. I praise Kevin Smith for writing some of the most relatable characters sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the more recent stuff, but like Clerks. I know all the people on Clerks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this was the scene where I think even the 30s wit that we're talking about, even that went too far where I'm like, did anybody in the 30s even talk like this? No. Like, they was too quick. Mank was too fast with, like, his quips. You know, like, yeah. things were just, and it was, it became so pretentious to me that I went, eh, okay. Like, I get it. Mank's yeah. in opposition. That's the point of the scene. You know, we yes. can move on. We can move on. Amanda yeah. Seafried is, is, realizes she's too young for this conversation. You know? Right. Yeah. She's out. She looks bad. Um, um, the one thing I never understood, and maybe you, maybe you got it, I didn't. Hmm. It was the one scene where, where you know, being, uh, being, I don't know, being, being a horrible person, the entire time I'm like, so is Mank trying to like, is Mank trying to have an affair with Amanda Seyfried in this movie? That's what's happening. Mm. But then there's that scene in that, 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 there is that, that scene that I'm talking about where, you know, she ends up talking about, you know, her, her husband Hurst over here or not, nah, they're having an affair, not in marriage, they're having an affair. So, Hurst over here basically like picking cabinet members for the government, you know, and and she walks out and then Mank's wife looks at him and says, go, like, go talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I never got like, what was, why <laughs> did, why did Mank's wife want him to talk to her? The part of me was like, is this house of cards where they're playing a game? You know, they're, they're trying mm-hmm. to like win someone over so they have better position, but you never really get that. I'm like, does Mank's wife want him to have the affair? Is Mank's wife like, oh, go help the little girl. She needs help. And I go, why do you send Mank? Mank's like as jaded as she is. I don't understand. Like, yeah, I don't, I, that scene never made any sense to me. I didn't understand the point of it. I don't know. It seemed to me like there was like a, there was definitely like a, a father daughter element to it. But like, as with all Hollywood relationships, there's, there's always sexual overtones. Exactly. It would have made sense to me as a father daughter thing, but there was so much sexual overtone attached to it that I couldn't tell. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't notice the wife gesturing, or poor Sarah gesturing over to uh, Mank to to comfort. Yeah, it's a it's a weird scene. Like Anna Seafried walks out, he watches her walk out. Then he yeah. turns to the wife, and then she looks at him, and she just goes. She literally mouths "go" and like, oh, or, nods her head towards the door where she went out of. So, yeah, I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I don't know, but that also the wife character is also very underwritten. I don't. You know, she existed to we we just need to know that Mank was married. 
Yeah, ba- that's so, about it. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's yeah. the that's the end. Then that's the mm-hmm. short and uh, long of her character for sure. For sure. But yeah, that was that was a scene where I was like, I really love this dialogue, and then we hit there, and I went, all right, y'all need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That scene was yeah. That scene was pretty frustrating to me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of good moments. I think they they really did the. I it, for some reason this made me chuckle the way they portrayed, um, whatever his name, the director. Uh, oh shit! Which director? I think I'm high. Uh, the the guy who the, the whatever the the guy the director <laughs> that kills great. himself or the no or the, Orson uh, Welles Orson Welles okay, that's yeah, yeah. the way yeah. they portray him as as being like this legendary like Charlie's Angels figure at the beginning like they don't show his face at first yeah 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 and then when he finally comes I mean he's wearing I've seen him I've seen actual Orson Welles wear like those ridiculous outfits and stuff mm-hmm, like that but mm-hmm. like the way they portray him is just so like. It's perfect. It's. Re- I actually really liked it. It made me yeah. chuckle, but not in an ironic way. Like I was no, like, oh, because this is fun." That's Orson Welles. He's weird. Yeah, you know. And I Very liked it. Larger the actor than played him, Tom Burke. I'd look it up. He's great. He plays like that's that's Orson Welles, man. He's weird. He's intense. He's something out. He wears the weird outfits. You know, it was great. I ca- I kind of wanted I wanted more Orson Welles in the movie. But anyways, away from that, like. I feel like in reality, the best characters is or is Mank and Orson Welles, basically. Like everybody else is the side, and they're and they're great. Even though Orson Welles is like what three scenes in reality? Yeah, literally um, that. Uh, and I actually, this is something I didn't know about Citizen Kane that like it kind of show in this movie is that Mank was not supposed to get credit for writing the movie. It was supposed to be like written and directed by Orson Welles, and yeah, I did not know that. So like finding that out, where like essentially the studio did not want anybody to know that somebody else wrote the movie is very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I, so that's the one thing that I didn't understand is why they never, did they ever explain in the movie? Like why he was never supposed to get writing credit or is it just assumed that it, to basically support Orson Welles own ego? I think it's a mixture of things. I think it's a mixture of supporting the Orson Welles ego. This is his first movie. You know, they're putting a lot of, of effort into him, especially because like, you know, war of the worlds just happened or, you know, Everybody loves that radio play. Did mm-hmm. you ever listen to that, by the way? I have not. You know what's funny? Not. It's a weird story, but the first time I ever heard that was in elementary school because I had a fifth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Part of our U.S. history class had us listen to the War of the Worlds radio play. Oh, really? It was very interesting, but it, it, was, it was really cool. Was it anyway, as cool as uh, everyone says it is? It is actually very interesting. I mean, it's, it's cheesy today, but it's very cool. You know? Sure. Um, especially like when you think about the historical context of it too, you know, like it, it freaked people out and it's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I don't know, man. Just all the radio programs are so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, e- either way. So, so I think it's a mixture of this just happened. They want to show the Orson Welles ego. I mean, they're giving him sure. basically whatever he wants. And I think it's a mix of that and the studio hating Mank mm. and like just being like, look at, we're going to have you write this. Cause you're a good, they recognize he's a good writer, mm-hmm. but they probably don't want to give him the satisfaction of like, you know, Mm-hmm. we're going to give you the credit. We're going to make sure that everybody knows that Mank wrote this, you know, and then it wins the Oscar and everything. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. But It's insane to me that Orson Welles was so young when this happened. He was like, what, 23, 24? Something, I think it was 24, yeah, which is crazy. That's insane. Yeah. That is crazy. I think I said this last time, too, last podcast, but like young people doing amazing things makes me angry sometimes. Oh, like, why am I not talented? 
I know, yeah. But it, but the most infuriating part is it doesn't even come down to that. It just comes down to like connections and money. I mean, sometimes, but like even even because uh, like I mean, we said last time, like Taylor Swift's dad basically owned the recording the recording agency or record label, whatever it was that she was a part of. So it's yeah. like that's connections. But it's like that sometimes with that like like those people who just work their ass off and they just get noticed because they've been like doing it from like they were 12 and they made their first movie and it was actually really good and all of a sudden now they're 22 and they're coming out with this you know yeah that's pretty crazy it's yeah like, i guess that's true i mean that's the minority though let's just be honest that is the yeah. minority of cases of people that just worked hard got the dream you know who is they're that uh, talented is whatever his name um I know Lil Xan is like that. I have no idea why I know about Lil Xan. Um, but Lil Xan, yeah, just like, yeah, like Lil Xan and like those SoundCloud people. Yeah, Post Malone got big on SoundCloud. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Post Malone's not really anyone big or famous or anything like that, right? No, no, he, he posted White Iverson on SoundCloud and that, that was it. Went huge. Yeah, and he was, simple as that. He was made. You know, he got that Bud Light money now. That's true, for sure. And the <laughs> of all the tattoos. beer brands to, to hype up, you know, Bud Light, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So this is yeah, Dan, some Danny, people... You want that Miller Lite sponsorship, don't you? Dude, I really do. If I could get a Miller Lite sponsorship, I would be I got, set. That's the move of this podcast. Why aren't we doing that? Because like, basically, Post was out here like, I just want a beer to sponsor me, and he got Bud Light, and now it's all he drinks. Like, We need to hype you and Miller Lite up to the point where they actually notice. Like, We should be tweeting Miller Lite every day. Until they sponsor you. I could do that. I've been wasting my efforts on Shibani Greek yogurt. Oh, your Shibani stuff on Instagram is like <laughs> next level. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should I should be doing Miller for sure. Yeah, we I should think- I'm gonna we need to do this. We're gonna both of our Twitters and every fucking podcast we need to shout out Miller Light and be like sponsor Danny. It's Miller time. <laughs> you like you got the slogan down. Look at you. You got it. You know the you know the phrasing. Let's do this. It's like you gotta have the sponsor music. Like it's sponsor time. Nice. Yeah. There you, you know go. what that means. Crab open a cold one. It's Miller oh. time. It's so Pavlovian. I love it. That's great. I've had to do uh, many a sponsor read in my time. I, I got that shit down. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. That's yeah. Fun. Oh, well. It'd be nice to have money or talent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, though. You're totally right. You're 100% correct. <laughs> oh, man. You know but what, anyway. though? But, like, out of the two of us, let's just be honest. Out of the two of us, you are the talented one, dude. Like, you're... <laughs> I don't know The about music that. you make alone is, like... You know, light years beyond anything that I make on a daily basis. Good lord! Oh man, I uh, I don't know what to say to that other than it's Miller time. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Miller? Did you hear that? Who owns Miller? Is it just called Miller? What's your company name? We'll hit you up, Mister Miller. Mister Mister Miller. Miller. That's the tweets, Mister Miller. Can we get a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Mister Miller. A woman Send me a, a beer. You're like that's sexist. <laughs> <laughs> then you're you'll never get it. <laughs> okay, exactly. We better make sure we look this up beforehand. We got to study. We got to get some studying done. Yeah, I gotta do that homework. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking gonna, of big big money and interests and stuff like that, what were your what was your take on the Sinclair campaign in the movie? What was your take on that? <sighs> okay. Yeah. So I knew nothing about the Sinclair campaign before. I knew I knew of him. Sure. But I know nothing about this whole thing. Of course. So that was another Wikipedia search I was doing in the middle of the movie, right? Yeah, rightly so. so. 
as I'm reading this, I'm like, hmm, don't this sound <laughs> timely? Woo! <laughs> 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 that delivery. <laughs> now, who could you be talking about? I don't know. But, you know, a lot of rich people want certain people to win, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like it's it's interesting because let's be honest. Yeah, a man running on socialism in the forties like that was gonna roll. You know, dude, it kind of it it was gonna win. It was it, gonna win. It was gonna win. Yeah, yeah. Also, he was he okay. So Sinclair was um operating at a time before, like basically before the real horrors. Uh, I mean, this was, I mean, so this was in the 30s, right? This is after the Bolshevik Revolution. Um, so Russia's already a thing, but it doesn't have Stalin yet. Or at least the Stalin as we know him. Uh-huh. So you don't have that bad press of communists over there doing terrible things. The Red Scare hadn't happened quite yet. So this is a time in America in which this is just another idea. It's not, it doesn't have the negative press that it does these days mm. after Stalin, mm, after okay, okay. Castro, after, you know, the bad press the, of, of the Red Scare and whatever. So, so he was kind of, he was, he was riding the gravy train of socialism, so to speak. And you had Eugene Debs, who was um, another really prominent American socialist. And like basically the literati. You know, funny enough, uh, you know, now a lot of uh, the the cool uh, culture makers were Bernie fans. Mm-hmm. The same way back then, like a lot of the cool culture people were were either socialists or open to socialism. So yeah. he was, he was uh, to a certain extent at an advantage that Bernie wasn't. Yes, but we uh, then and, and that's what I mean by like the timeliness of this. Like, yeah, you know, someone running on something for the normal people right and the, the big corporation people are like i don't like that exactly <laughs> you know yeah um but i don't know it was very very interesting um yeah uh, and it's one of those things where you know what i think about the most and it's, mm-hmm. it's the sci-fi nerd in me is like what what does the world look like if sinclair wins you know yeah if it didn't work if all the propaganda didn't work against him and he wins like what does that mean for U.S. politics in 2020? If, because like, if he's the socialist that 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 is elected, does he change everything? Does he change the American consciousness towards socialism in the future, or right. not? You know, because like now, I mean, right now, you say socialism, you are looked down upon as like an evil person. You know. Yeah, you know. it, do, it doesn't have a great stigma. It, that's changing, I think, among, among Zoomers. But yes. yeah, for the most part, I mean, even millennials, like just talking to other people our age, are like, wait, you don't really believe that, right? That's just something that you say to, to basically put it on an affect that you're, uh, you know, fighting the man or whatever. But, but yeah. it, 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 that, that's the best. You're either evil or you're just a child who thinks they're a punk or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it's not really taken seriously by a lot of people. So yeah, I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, I think if if uh, he had won, he being Sinclair, uh, that probably would have changed uh, attitudes. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's just, it's interesting how the the movie presents the history because again, through like a Swiss cheese 
uh, perspective. You have little things here and there. So like they kind of talk about the epic, uh, his like epic thing, which means that stood for end poverty in California. Mm-hmm. Kind of an outrageous thing to end poverty in like one <laughs> gubernatorial term. But that was the goal. And I think of, of a valid one at that. Um, and so basically like you have uh, that that scene where Mank steps outside the studio and he sees a dude wearing uh like the the paneled sign on 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 his chest and on his back and it says epic on there that was a real thing they basically um so epic started and epic was an organization epic started before sinclair even thought about running for governor he just wanted to end poverty in California. And then he got the idea like, oh, maybe this should be a political platform uh, or this should be a platform of my campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he decided to run afterward. But basically Epic before the gubernatorial campaign was um, a magazine that just published like socialist ideas. Okay. And they employed like a shit ton of homeless people. They would just be like, oh, you don't have a job? Like let us... Uh, basically do the uh, the thing that elementary school kids do these days of like, we'll sell you a bunch of uh, magazines for cheap and then you could sell them at a markup and then you get money that way. Mm-hmm. The same way kids these days, you know, get like a, a pack of, of Snickers and then charge a dollar per Snicker and they yeah, sell yeah. them to their family or whatever like that. Same principle. And it employed a lot of people that were otherwise not doing well during the Great Depression. And so, like, that was cool. They show that very briefly in the movie, but you would have no idea why this guy's wearing a weird sign in the movie if you didn't know that history. That makes sense. That makes uh, sense. See, and, and, and for me, I didn't know any of that history. Yeah. So to me, I mean, it was, I, I mean, I, I assumed that it was, you know, all accurate and all real and everything. And like it had, there was meaning behind the signs and everything, but I didn't really sure. know what it was, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And of course it's just a movie. So, you know, it, everything flies by really quickly. If it were a documentary, they would, they would pause and explain everything. But yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's cool that the movie tried to portray that campaign. Um, also, I tried looking it up. Was um, whatever his name was Sinclair played by Bill Nye? That guy looked like Bill. Oh Nye. yeah, I thought the same thing. I didn't look it up though. Um, yeah, I was I was wondering because it looks just like it is Bill Nye. Oh okay, <laughs> I just pulled up the Wikipedia right now. Yeah, it was Bill Nye. I, when I when they showed him having that speech, I went, "Is that Bill Nye, the science guy?" I know. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Yep, what? Uh, it is Bill Nye. Look at that. Okay, that's cool. Good for Bill. Um, Bill. 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 Yeah, um, I had to substitute teach science uh, in the early part of this year, and they didn't tell me. They told me that I just had a sub for a week, so I was like, "Oh, it's a week. Like, I'll just show them Bill Nye videos every day." And then on Friday, I was like, "Well, it was an honest week's work." And they're like, "Oh, we need you to stay for like three more weeks." And I'm like, "All right, I need to compile a lot more Bill Nye videos." I mean, there was a lot of episodes, so I feel like you were okay, you know? I was, barely. I was I was almost done with the run of the show by the time I finished that job. <laughs> okay. It did not go well. Did you, you, so you didn't get to make it to the new, the Netflix one, whatever it's called. There's a Netflix one? He came out with one a few years back on Netflix called, uh, let me look it up, hang on. Uh, oh, shit. Bill Nye Saves me. the World. 
Oh, dude, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it came that out from so uh, the April. There was three seasons. Uh, April twenty first, twenty seventeen, to May eleventh, twenty eighteen. Three seasons. Uh, Thirteen episodes. The first six in the second and third. Yeah, um, I never watched it, but I heard it was a thing. Um, Dang. Mixed Man. positive reviews from critics and audiences. The first season had an aggregated score of sixty three out of a hundred from Metacritic. Whoa, not great. Um, to me, it was giving a seventy three percent. You know they're re- they're just rebooting everything these days. When are the, when are we going to get a new Mrs. Frizzle? Yo, dog, I love Magic School Bus. My favorite. Uh, that Back was a good show. Day. Huh? That was a good show. It was. It was. Um, every Reading once in a while, though, I'll see like a clip of it on Reddit, and I'm like, that's a weird ass show. Like, oh, I feel like really? I don't remember how weird it really was. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen a clip. I haven't heard anything about it since Every childhood. Once in a while, every once in a while, I'll see something on Reddit pop up of people talking about talking about Magic School Bus, and it'll leave a clip, and I'll be like, "What a weird show!" But Damn. it was awesome. You know, I loved it as a kid. I, you know what? But I liked like, what, okay, what were your like? We're getting way off the track here. That's but fine. That's yeah. That's what this podcast <laughs> is all about. Um, instead of Mank, when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. What was your cartoons? Because like for me, mm. I loved Hey Arnold. I love Rugrats. I was yeah. super into Doug. Okay, I I liked Rugrats. I was kind of on the Doug train. I was kind of on the Hey Arnold train. I came about at the time that Rocket Power was a thing. Mm. I was super into Rocket Power, specifically the character Tito. He was sick. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't he like the, the friend of the dad or whatever? Yeah, he was like the uncle, Uncle Tito. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, what else? Yeah, Rugrats was good. Here's the thing. I, I didn't really watch that many cartoons. I, wa- I grew up on Fresh Prince and Sister Sister. That makes you more cultured, I think. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know why. And then I started watching Barney when I was like 15. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but <laughs> I was going to ask like what, what pushed the fresh Prince sister, sister train on you? I have no idea. I think it was just like, I was just flipping through the channels one day. And then I, I, I remember I was super into hoodies at the time. And maybe this is a racist association, but it's true. The fresh Prince wore hoodies sometimes. And so sometimes. I was like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta check the show out. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I liked Fresh Prince. I really liked Fresh Prince. I don't think I ever really watched Sister Sister. Sister uh, Sister was fucking cool, dude. I yeah, love that yeah. show. I always heard it was good. Um, but yeah, watch Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince is great. That's a classic, you know? Absolutely. Uh, not a huge Will Smith fan anymore, but you know. Really? Um, is it because he's a Gemini man? Kind of. Yeah, that's the reason. No, he, <laughs> he kind of annoys me, in all honesty. Real, as, a, as a person? As a person. Yeah, he kind of annoys me. I haven't, I haven't, honestly, I don't follow him on social media. I don't know what he's up to other than Gemini Man, which probably fucking sucked balls. It it did suck balls. I watched it with my dad. My dad loves movies like that. Ah, uh, damn. Yeah. He liked it. I, I did not. What about? I also, I also did not like Bright or whatever it was called he did on Netflix. Yeah, well, Bright. Like, yeah. That, of course, that, that, that was going to suck. What yeah. about, um, what about uh, the iMovies? iRobot and I Am Legend. I don't remember iRobot at all. So I don't know if I liked it or not. I'll be really? I mean, I remember like the premise of it, but I don't remember if I liked it. Like, I don't remember that weird robot guy in it that like had yeah. like a weird face where it was like it had features, but like not really. Yeah, Alan Tudyk um, played that. 
Oh, Alan Tudyk played the robot. Yeah, I love Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Um, see, I love Alan Tudyk. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't remember if I liked the movie or not. I am Legend. I did like. Okay. Uh, and I did like a lot because I thought it was really cool. But then I watched Omega Man, and it went. Oh. I am Legend is weak in comparison to this. <laughs> I never saw Omega Man. I haven't even heard of that. What is that? Omega Man is the original I Am Legend. What is? Oh wow. Okay. Omega. The same Man. essential premise. But see, because here's the thing. I Am Legend does a bad job of delivering its message, and that's this. I Am Legend shows you, hey, here's Will Smith in a world of zombies, right? Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be zombies. supposed to be vampires, so they don't go out in the sun. Right. Okay? So it's actually supposed to be a world of vampires, and, 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 and Will Smith's the only human left, right? You find out he's not, but that's it. Omega Man really pushes that envelope of, like, one, you understand they're vampires. Two, you understand that you know, they're, they're, they aren't Omega man. It's like, Oh, he just runs across them. I mean, sorry. I, I am legend. He runs across them, right? Omega mm-hmm. man. He's being hunted by them. Right. Oh, because wow. the premise of what I am legend even means is really pushed. He is the monster in the movie. Right. Oh, when you think about it, when you're the last human and the population is vampires, you're not the alien. They're not the aliens. They're not the monster. You're, yeah, you're the monster. You're, you're the, the monster that's going out and killing them at night. You know, yeah, that's scary. They're Whoa. they're going about their day like normal, and then there's this random ass dude running around killing them, right? So you're the monster in the movie. That is the point of Omega Man. The vampires really push like the whole movie pushed the fact that, like Charlton Heston is the main actor. They push the fact that Charlton Heston is the monster in this movie. He uh-huh. is he's essentially the bad guy, even though he's the last hope for humanity, right? Mm-hmm. He is the bad guy, and it has the same kind of subplot. There's there's other people that are alive still, blah blah, right? But essentially, Charlton Heston himself, because he's not keeping a low profile, he's the monster. Mm-hmm. I Am Legend does not do that. No. I Am Legend's like, here's this really cool survival movie. It's got zombies in it, right? Because you guys all like zombies right now. So we're going to make sure that this vampire is like zombies. Yeah. And then you have the weird subplot of, we're going to humanize the zombies by making sure that there's a woman one that they're going to save because that's someone's wife, essentially, right? Okay. He's going to go. He's going to get a zombie girlfriend. And he's going to leave, right? Mm-hmm. But in a way, what it does is it humanizes the zombies, but also leaves, like, because doesn't Will Smith die at the end? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he self-sacrifices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so the other two, the, 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 the you know, woman and the, woman the, and kid, the kid can, can live, right? Safe. But it doesn't give the message of, he's the monster. He's the bad guy. Yeah, I never would have seen that. Exactly. But that's the point of the movie. And, right. Um, Damn. There's a lot of, like, I remember reading into Iron Legend where, where the original script was very much pushing the idea that Will Smith's the bad guy, but yeah. studios and Seth's audiences didn't like that. They were like, no, 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 no. He's the good guy. Cause he's human. They couldn't get behind the fact that now the monsters of the population, he's, they're not the bad guys anymore. You know, that's disappointing. Yeah. That but that's sucks. why like, I watched Omega man. And I, and I, and again, I watched, I imagine like, this is a cool movie. Like it's not amazing, but it was fun to watch. Right. Yeah. I watched Omega man. And I'm like, there's a message here. Yeah, that's this crazy. Is I like fascinating. That. This is good, and it made me relook at I Am Legend and go, oh, "That's not a good movie." You know? Man, I need to watch Omega Man though. It's good. It's fun. I mean, look, it's cheesy. It's cheesy, but it's good. I'm sure. <laughs> it's, Charlton Heston's in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's cheesy. Moses himself. He's so cool though. What yeah, he's a fucking boss, man. I'm gonna say this and regret it. Watch because he's gonna get like, in, like you know, he's gonna get death in, in uh, me too. But yeah, he's gonna get posthumously canceled. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at what a man, right? 
Did such you, a manly man. Exactly. But like, you know, he probably did some shitty things. Did <laughs> Let's you, be honest. Did, oh, for sure he did. For sure. <laughs> he did you see a couple months ago on Twitter when they were canceling John Wayne? Oh, I remember hearing about it, but yeah. I didn't really read into it because I'm like, you mean to tell me John Wayne wasn't he born in like the twenties? <laughs> You're telling me that he was misogynistic? Of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody Why? born in nineteen twenty something? Why is this news? Misogynistic, yeah. like. Of course, yeah. Anyway, when was he born? I'm saying that, and he could have been born way before that. Hang on, let's see. That's so funny. Nineteen oh seven. I was twenty. Even okay, he was misogynist. Yeah, even all, all the more so. He's twenty more years of misogyny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, but what? You know what though? Despite all that. I live in Orange County, and John Wayne Airport is the greatest airport I've ever flown in and out of because it's it, great. It is, dude. So, it's, you know what? I You're probably airport. an asshole. You know, maybe you did some real shitty things with women, but thank you for your airport. <laughs> <He> <laughs> built, which he built himself, every brick. Yeah, every brick. You know he laid that. <laughs> <laughs> Saw him there working shirt off. They came by with cameras. They handed him a Coke, a little bit of condensation <laughs> coming on the bottle. It's so funny. Did I ever tell you? I'm loving it. It was a McDonald's commercial, actually. (laughs) Dude, we're just cashing in, man. We're getting these sponsors. We're getting a little Miller. We're getting a little McAdee's. Is McDonald's a good sponsor? Is that the one we should be going for, though? Uh, Dude, I want some apple pies. (sighs) Remember when I said I'm doing low carb right now? Why are you doing that to me? I'm sorry. I literally got to go to the store right now when we finish. And there's a McDonald's right next to the store I'm going to. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) (laughs) McDonald's is good, dude. I want to go. It is. It is. I want to go to McDonald's. Like, I, I don't know why. I just got like a weird. I think we talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago uh, about what like our, our orders were. Yeah. Your nuggets. Like, nuggets. You're, I'm all you're, about the nuggets. Yeah. So you're a Nuggets guy. I'm a Big Mac guy. Like, dude, there's so. I don't know why. I have so much nostalgia for McDonald's. Of course. It's. I, that was like my childhood. Yeah. Got ah. a toy, four nuggets, a little small fry. Damn, and they didn't dude. used to give you apple juice and milk back then. This is back when we didn't know diabetes was bad. They gave us <laughs> Cokes. <laughs> exactly. They got us locked up on sugar back. That's why I'm fat. They're <laughs> 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 like, hey, kids, you know what's great for you? Like 40 grams of, <laughs> of sugar in a one small drink. Yeah, in like three sips. This yeah. used to be a large back in the day. <laughs> damn. Damn. No, okay, this is kids. This is some regional shit right here, but did you have you ever been to the McDonald's uh like right off the I think it's the ninety one in Buena Park, the one with the trains? Oh, uh, I've never been there, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen it before. Dude, that yeah, yeah. place is the shit. It is yeah. so oh my god, you go in there and it's just like if you're a little boy, it is like the trains. <laughs> Because there's trains, there's like there's like there're like four different trains on different tracks. You get your you get your cheeseburger and you just sit in front of a train. It's so cool. Oh man. Okay, as a kid, as a kid. As an adult too though. No, no, hang on, hang on. As a kid. Did you ever go in those little playhouse tunnel things? Oh, those were so cool. Okay, I I, I can't do it. What? Why? I remember this vividly. I remember nothing about my childhood, okay? I have bad memory, but I remember this okay. vividly. I remember going into my grandparents took me to McDonald's once, right? Got my nuggets, got my french fry, got my Coke, right? Okay. I went to that little play area, right? I'm like, I'm going to go play in there. 
I remember being in those little tunnels and going, it smells like pee in here. Mm. Like, it smells like pee. Like, this is pee, right? And I, I remember thinking, I smell pee. And, and client, cr- crawling through it, and it's sticky. Like, the whole place is sticky. Uh, and then I go through the slide that exits into the ball pit. Oh. And I remember being in the ball pit going, I like, these balls are cool. Like, you're just floating in a sea of balls. It's pretty cool, right? <laughs> and there was like 10 other kids in there, and they're throwing balls. You're like, this is badass, right? And that's all I'm thinking about how cool this is. Oh. And all of a sudden, I watched that one kid who like came out and he's like young enough. They still wearing diapers and his mom's like, I gotta go change you. And it just hit me like that kid's shit in this thing. I mean, it's in his diaper, but like this place is disgusting. And I never went back in one of those things ever again. I just, I, I remember leaving thinking I don't, this is nasty. Oh, this is nasty. And it smells. I don't want to be part of this. Jeez. I never went in one of those things again. Honestly, dude, good for you. I, <laughs> Oh my God. You know what though? But kids that went in that ball pit more than once, they're immune to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, jeez! Wow, that's crazy. I never had an experience like that. But I can't. I can't imagine like if you have to clean that as an employee. I can't, dude. Kids are disgusting. Yeah, they are. That's crazy. Also, why are kids always sticky? Yeah, dude. I can't. No, no, thank you on the sticky. No, thank you. They they'll be over there. I see their moms over there with like baby wipes, wiping their faces and their hands. Right, they're clean. They got like there's like alcohol in those things, right? And someone they come over and they touch you in the arm. Like, how are you? St- you just walked from there to there. How are you sticky already? It's true. I don't know what they're secreting or what. I don't know. They're what the fucking Spider Man, dude. They just they just climb up walls naturally. <laughs> it's just the power of sugar. It's crazy. Also, so parents, you should not be giving your kids sugar. Okay, stop giving your children sugar. Yeah, no, makes absolutely. Them little assholes, okay? Feed your children an all beef diet like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Go on elk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get them elk. Uh, that's it's so funny. Uh, I remember when I was stem uh, cells. What's that? Give them some stem cells and elk. <laughs> Put them in one of those those uh, deprivation chambers. They'll be fine. Sensory. De- have you ever been in one of those? No, but I really want to. I have. I really want to. I think we talked about this. Have we? Because you got like a coupon and you got it for free, right? No, I did get it for free, but not from a coupon from oh. my friend. My friend worked at one. That's what it was. Yeah, you, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Have I said this on the podcast? Or I don't, I don't know, maybe remember. I oh, I'll tell you it anyways. Yeah, tell the whole story. It's. I mean, it's not. It's nothing crazy. It's just I, my friend worked at this place in uh, in Costa Mesa, and he's a, he's a cool dude, spiritual dude, open minded dude, and he um and he works at this place, and he was like, "Yo, you should come by sometime. You know, if you want to experience this." Uh, and I, and I was like, nah, it's okay. And he's like, you could do it for free. And I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> and so, you know, I show up and he, and, and so I'm like, I literally don't know anything other than this, that this is free. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know. Like, am I supposed to eat something beforehand or, or like, should I go in with an empty stomach or like, I, I don't even know what, what exactly hey, you're going to surgery. That sounds all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to get cramps in there. I know I'm swimming kind of technically. <laughs> So, uh, so I ask him like, you know, what this whole sensory deprivation thing, like what, like what happens? And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's a very subjective thing. You basically just get, uh, like shut into this tank 
it's completely pitch black. However, we do put like a, a light up ball in there that you could turn on if you feel scared of the dark or oh, you nice. feel, you know, so I'm like, Oh, that's very sweet. And he's like, so basically people go in there and you could have a range of experiences. You can like some people start seeing visions in there. Some people, uh, you know, basically just feel like it's, it feels very therapeutic. It feels like you're back in your mother's womb. And I'm like, all right. And that's where like, you lose me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, so he's thought like, about reclimbing into your mom's womb. Like you're just going to rip open that vagina and just go all the way back in all the way up to the womb. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like in there. Exactly. And you're paying like 60 bucks per hour. So. <laughs> rip off. Um, so, so I'm like, all right, well, I have no idea what my experience is going to be. Cause generally speaking, I, I'm, I tend to be an open mind person, but I don't, I don't have visions. I'm not like a, I'm not like a super spiritual dude. So I, so I go into the tank, um, you're supposed to shower before you get in the tank. And I got like tea tree oil in my eye, which fucking nice. hurt. And so I hop in the tank and, um, and, uh, and I, I literally just sat there for like an hour. It was just me having my regular thoughts. Like, do I have a coupon for this? Uh, you know, how I, sh- I should probably call my uncle you know just like right like my normal thoughts except i'm naked and in a wet tank you it, come out like you weren't supposed to be naked in there yeah, they're just like yeah we're gonna have to file we're gonna have to press charges for this <laughs> you know there's cameras in there right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it wasn't a spiritual experience for me but, uh, but I, w- I would recommend it I, w- I think you should do it uh, yeah i really want to i mean obviously we can't because covid but like once it's all over man i really want to try one of those I yeah. feel like while I'm probably in the same boat of you of like spiritual level where I'm not like, oh, I have visions all the time. Yeah. There's a part of me that really wants us to be in a, a fully dark place, floating in water and just like think, think for a good second, you know, just, yeah. you know, absorb. It could so. be, it could be very, I mean, like the potential is there for, for being very meditative. And, and, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, clearly a lot of people, get a lot of clarity from that stuff. But like, yeah, for me, I'm just like my, my happy place is either talking to a friend or reading a book or something. Yeah. I, 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 it's not like I'm afraid of the dark. I, I, it's just like, eh, it's just dark, whatever. Mother, what a freaking California conversation, dude. It is. We're talking about <laughs> McDonald's with trains. We're talking about John Wayne airport. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about like sensory deprivation tank businesses and ain't, no, ain't nobody in the southern states are like i'm gonna go in a de- sensory de- i you know i need to like freaking meditate in a sensory <laughs> deprivation chamber what a orange county ass conversation we're having right it really is that's so funny <laughs> did i ever tell you did i ever tell you um speaking of john wayne a couple of minutes ago did i ever tell you my my, my john wayne story mm. you have a john wayne story it's not it's kind of not really okay so we we both have a friend. I won't say names. We both have a friend from from uh, a while ago who she was doing an internship in um shit. What's the name of the beach? Like one of those one of those beach towns, like right next to Long Beach. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe no. It, oh, it was Balboa. It wasn't next to Long Beach. It's right Balboa. next to Newport. So it was, she yeah, she was doing this internship for like Balboa. And Balboa, it, it, we're getting super regional here. Is like this cute little beach town. Yeah, that I think the the Bluth family uh, from Arrested Development, like their banana business, is based on a banana stand in, in Balboa. Balboa. Yeah. 
So Balboa is cool, has a little bit of history, but I didn't really know anything about the history. But my friend was working at uh, this museum, the Balboa History Museum. And so I was like, yo, this is cool. Like, I feel like a lot of Californians don't appreciate California history. I want to know what she's doing at this job. So, so I was like, yo, is it, is it cool if I come visit you at work sometime? And then we could just, you know, get some lunch after or whatever. She's like, yeah, come on down. So I go and uh, she gives me the address. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm driving up and down the street trying to find this place. And it's just this neighborhood. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm looking for. So... Finally, I just stop and I decided to walk around and I see like this tiny sign in front of this house saying the Balboa Museum. And I'm like, this is a house. I don't of understand. Course. Of course. So I walk in and it's, and they have like a little reception desk and whatever like that, but it's literally a house. It's just like a tiny living room and like a couple bedrooms and then bathrooms, like a, a tiny beach house. And so... I'm like, okay, wow, this is way... I mean, the way she presented it to me, my friend, I thought this was like LACMA or something like that, like some beautiful elaborate museum that had a lot of stuff to see, but it's just like a living room. And I swear to God, every inch of the wall was covered with pictures of John Wayne. (laughs) And I'm like... I don't understand. Is this like John Wayne month or something like that? And she's like, Oh no, no, no. Like John Wayne used to live here in Balboa. Like he used to he like, he owned a home here. And so this is what the museum's about. And I'm like, this is a John Wayne museum. It's not even a museum though. It's just a John Wayne photo gallery. John Wayne shrine. Yeah. It's just like, I don't understand. (laughs) And I, I would told her, I was like, your job is stupid. This isn't a job. Looking at pictures of John Wayne and maybe dusting them every week is not, that's not work. <laughs> so. <What an> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there's a John Wayne museum <laughs> in Brian Bobo Park. What? Is just that on his Wikipedia? Hang on, let's find that. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it, the whole thing is so stupid to me. Hey, I need to know. By the way, you're telling yeah. this whole story like a friend we both have. I don't know who this person is. I got to find out after podcast. Because uh, I'm so curious who would work at a John Wayne. What was the museum called, though? I think it was just called the Balboa Museum. <laughs> but that's false advertising. I don't see it on his Wikipedia, but I'm going to look this up. Um, it might have gone down because of COVID, honestly. Uh, it's for sure dead. Um <laughs> But <laughs> to John Wayne. Um, and it's so funny because it's not even like, you know, when you think of John Wayne, you're thinking of pictures of him in a cowboy hat and on a horse or whatever like that. Yeah, it's yeah. not even that. It's just like him in shorts. It's just him at his house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's just him on, in shorts. Every once in a while, we uh, we went in and we uh, we just took a picture of him just sitting there, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I'm on... Uh, Balboa's website of museums. Yeah. Don't see anything that has, or is it the Marston House? Hang on. Maybe. Uh, let's see. The Marston House uh, is built for noted, it was built for noted civil leader merchant George W. Marston, known as the father of Balboa Park. Oh. And no. I don't see any mention of John Wayne in any of this. So I do not think this is. There's no John Wayne pictures here, so this is not it. Maybe they um, converted it. 
Well, either way, Bal- looking- oh, Balboa Island Museum. Look that up. Okay, I'm looking this up. What's funny, though, is that in Balboa Park, they are going to have a Comic-Con museum, which I'm pretty sure is not going to be around anymore because of COVID. Uh, Balboa yeah. Island. What was it called again? Balboa Island Museum. Okay. Well, let's look this up. Oh my god! Yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a house. Yeah, one, it's a house, and two, yeah, there's just nothing. But the website doesn't leave a picture of 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 John Wayne. Yeah, I didn't look it up before. <laughs> what visitors are saying? Lovely, nostalgic. Uh, look as a lovely, nostalgic look at Balboa Island. Thank you. Fabulous displays of yesteryears. Incredible. <laughs> John Wayne forever. We miss you, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> These are testimonials right here. There we go. Oh, um, man. Fantastic. We will bring back and we will... What? We will We will be back and bringing people with us such rich history. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there was more that you missed because this is rich history, dude. Dude, there's nothing rich about it. If that was rich, then I'm Bill Gates. Oh, that was bad. That didn't make sense. <laughs> that was not good. That was, that was, that was trying too hard, you know? Um, <laughs> That's true. I sometimes do that. Oh, um, I got to look. Okay, that's hilarious. Honestly, there's. Uh, I wish I wish COVID wasn't a thing. That way we could, we could go to a bar in Santa Ana and then bring our alcohol to this museum and just trash it. Oh, my God. That would be my favorite day. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll watch you do it. <laughs> and call my parents when the cops haul me off. I'm like, they're like, you're you're over here throwing beer bottles at John Wayne pictures. I'm like, I mean, I thought John Wayne movies were pretty cool, so I don't know what's going on. Oh no, I like I love John Wayne. My my beef is with anyone who pretends that pictures of him are a museum. <laughs> no, I like John Wayne. Oh my god. Speaking of John Wayne, we should probably stop talking about Mank, huh? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. That's great. Danny. Yes. This is what usually happens. We go on a tangent and we come back and we don't know where we left off. We don't know what we were talking about. Mankovich. Yeah. Mank. David Fincher. Last thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some finals here. Oh, man. Uh, I think the movie was uh, a fun look at 1930s life for someone caught in the crossfire of, of different political powers and, and corporate powers f- and fighting it out. If you want to know something about either the 30s or political campaigns and the people who witnessed them, check out Mank. In theaters, I don't know. Um, no. Mank's cool, man, but uh, be ready to <laughs> keep pausing and, and, and going on Wikipedia and be like typing out Sinclair, <laughs> <laughs> William <laughs> Hurst, <laughs> and reading a lot. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you you know. need, I should have just told the story of the Sinclair campaign, but whatever. Who cares? You can look it up. I mean, no, you, you gave us some good info. And it was interesting. I was learning a lot. I was having a good time. Yeah, but, there's no, a lot I mean, of stuff. I, I enjoyed this movie. I did enjoy it a lot. I think it's a good movie, but I will never watch it ever again. Ultimately, I think it's, I think it's the same for you, right? Um, probably, yeah. I'll yeah. probably never watch again. 
And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, it's a bad movie or whatever, because it is a good movie. But yeah. for sure, not my favorite Fincher movie. But yeah. still, extremely good. Yeah. Well made. You know, get rid of the digital film effects, but for the most part, lovely. I loved it. I had a good time. You know, <laughs> Danny's. Yeah. What's your movie recommendation for the peoples? They watched Mank. Maybe they don't want to watch Mank. Maybe, you know, what did you finish watching Mank and you're like, you know what I want to watch now is I want to watch this. What's that movie? Dude, I'm so I'm so movied out. I have not been watching movies lately. So it's this, and then the only other thing that I've seen remotely recently was called American Factory. Have you heard of American Factory? Is that doc that won oh. the Oscar last year, I think. I see it. Which feels like twenty years ago, but yeah, it's a uh, it's about this. It's if you like, I mean, it, it's kind of t- tangentially related to uh, to make. If you like talking about justice and 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 caring about uh, workers and stuff like that, in the same way Sinclair tried to, you know, provide uh, like provide protections for workers. Watch American Factory. It's the story of uh, this GM plant that closed in Michigan or in Ohio. Uh, in 2008, and then in, a couple of years later, it was bought out by a Chinese uh, car company, uh, glass company, more specifically. And so it's a documentary kind of about like the plight of these workers and how they're kind of adjusting to going back into the workforce, however, under completely new management from when they last worked, and how they sort of band together and try to fight for their own rights and what happens with that. And it's really cool. It's a, it's a wonderful documentary. There's some cool cultural moments in there. And, uh, dude, I fucking, I like China, dude. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the third civil, like this, the third war. And I'm, I'm fighting with them, dude. <laughs> I'm fighting with China, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I was going to drop some Chinese, but I don't know it. So it would just sound bad and racist. I was about to say, hail China, but I, that, that's more. Hey, oh, no, I'm not even going to try. But honestly, dude, China's fucking cool. <laughs> Every Chinese person in Hong Kong is listening to this going, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> all, the, all the Taiwanese people are like, no. <laughs> Every South Korean's like, all right, hang on. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to disappoint my Taiwanese fans. It's <laughs> so funny. All right, all right. <laughs> what about you? Where are you going to be at in the in the war? No, I mean, I mean, uh, where, where are you at with recommendations? My bad. <laughs> the war, staying out of it. <laughs> gonna go find a neutral country. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna be Keep recording <laughs> podcasts while you're fu- so my co-host is still fighting for China. <laughs> <laughs> no words. <laughs> um. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> um. Uh, my first thought, obviously, if you watch Mank and you're gonna watch something after, maybe you should watch Citizen Kane. Get the whole picture, right? Oh, that made way more sense than my recommendation. Yeah, also, if you're like, you know what? I'm done with this 40 stuff. I don't need some more black and white. And you want some more Fincher, though, you should go watch Seven, because Seven's an amazing movie. That's great. It's good oh, times. hell yeah. Yeah, what's in the box, baby? Um, but yeah, that's my <laughs> 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 Woo! Wow, dude. 
We took a journey, man. <laughs> that was a journey, all right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, good times for a change. Um, okay, <laughs> 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 get over it. <laughs> We're trying to move on. I can just hear, I'm fighting for him. <laughs> Oh man! I think that legally like signed you up for the draft in China. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna fight for them. Oh, okay. He's in. Danny's that's, in. That's awesome. It's just a verbal thing. <laughs> you know what's funny? Okay, speaking of drafts, we're gonna end on this note, ready? Because it's so go. stupid. The end on stupid. On top of stupid. You know when you're 18, you have to fun, sign the draft. This is a yeah. good thing. We sign the draft at 18. Yeah. I turn 18, right? Sign the draft. All my friends turn 18. Sign the draft. Mm. Have a buddy who literally says over to us. Guys, like, if there's a war, like, we can get drafted. I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, the point of what we signed, right? Yeah. He's like, you know what I heard, though? That if you're, like, disabled in any way, you can't get drafted. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, I looked up what constitutes being disabled enough <laughs> that you don't get drafted. So if there's a war and we're going to get drafted, we got to make a pact right now that we'll all meet here. And we're going to chop off each other's pinky toes. Because if you're down one toe, you're <laughs> technically not eligible to be drafted. All right? So we all, because, like, I don't think I can chop off my own toe. But if we did it, like, together, I think we could do it. <laughs> this kid, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. What a plan. Right? <laughs> Where did he end up in life? I'm making a lot on cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not even joking. He really That's- did. That's not like, the end of made a lot on cryptocurrency. Holy shit. So this guy knows how to... Th- Clearly, he knows how to think ahead. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. Yo. Well, give me that guy's contact info later. Yeah, if the draft happens. Exactly. He's the one you want to hit up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's like, I got the room ready, dude. Like, I got like mini guillotines made up. For it just fits right over <laughs> the pinky. Toe, to- <laughs> toe guillotines. <laughs> oh shit toe guillotine yo that's the name i'm taking if i move to china <laughs> have you heard of the legend of toe guillotine he doesn't even kill you just chops off your toe <laughs> he does like little made guillotine he like ties you up and just straggles <laughs> oh man that's awesome there's always those like legends of soldiers in the war who are like this person had like a hundred confirmed kills he was a sniper and you know like every mission he went on he knew there was me a bloodbath because you know like, <laughs> Danny says he was the togi and he, he chopped off 300 pairs of pinky toes <laughs> he made a belt out of them <laughs> those men never played volleyball the same ever again he was polite though it wasn't the big toe they were able to like balance pretty well but like <laughs> still they were down a toe oh shit <laughs> that's awesome so on that note <laughs> yeah right <laughs> remember when we said this episode was going to be really short because <laughs> we were like how do you talk about mank for an hour <laughs> We're we found a way. 24 minutes. We found a way, man. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, people. Thanks for listening. God bless. You should like follow us on Twitter where you can talk about movies. There's links. Hit the description area, the show notes, whatever it's called on your app. Yeah. There's some links in there. You can press the follows on Twitter. 
Till next time, leave some reviews. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.